the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Sit back, relax, and or be really tense. I don't mind either or. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, big day, because I know, I'm not trying to be like dramatic about it. Today is the big one. Today is the one. But Janet Yellen said last night at a speech, expect us to raise rates this year. Um, then she kind of like uh, got to the point where you want to slap her. And she said, unless something changes in the data. But she's basically said, don't let the fear of foreign markets uh, slowing down think that that's going to do this. The VW emission recall is going to be the most expensive recall ever. They may be at the point where they have to give people who bought cars a new car. They may have to buy it back from the owner. Um, it's a crazy, crazy thing that happened there. Uh, should you buy the stock? That's a good question. You did well if you bought BP after the oil spill. You did well if you bought Exxon after their oil spill. Uh, you tend to do well if you buy during times of calamity. You get a discounted price, a cut in the risk. The big here issue is um, how big does this get? Fortunately, there's nothing, you know, uh, there's no deaths, and it's polluting the air, yes. But the people who bought it for, people who bought the VWs, turbo diesels, known as TDIs, um, and thought they were green, they're gonna, they're, they want their money back. They're going to have to offer to buy back vehicles. It might be the most thorough way to earn back the trust of the VW customers and placate the regulators. And you're talking about a lot of cars. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, com. So I think the big story, Tony, is... Interest rates jumped this morning, so hopefully you locked in some loans yesterday. Yeah. Today's um, a different day. And it's going to be like that for the next couple months until the Fed actually 
figures out if it, the more news we get on whether or not Yellen's going to increase rates, the less volatile will be. But I don't really think we're going to see that less volatility. Uh, and and until we see the stock markets figure out what direction they're going to go, because it's just it seems like it's one day it's up big and down big the next day, and the bond markets yields are kind of following that that trend. Um, yeah, so what I tell people is just get ready to lock. Um, don't figure you can call in that day and say, I want to lock in. You, you have to go through the application, have your credit run, and, and before you can have somebody push that button. So uh, get prepared when the rates do that opportunity presents itself, uh, and then they push the button. So Robert Schiller's talking today, and he basically says, long-term economic growth in the United States is slow. Despite a rebound in equities and in housing, you think it's a clear sign that the markets are overheated. The correction in August brought the market down 10%, but it's already halfway back up, so it's looking pretty frothy in his opinion. He talked about his CAPE ratio, which I'm not going to bore you with, but it's expensive. It's blinking for him. On top of that, he says, I have survey data showing that a lot of people, high percentage of people, think the market's overpriced. This creates a little bit of fear that there should be a correction. When we saw the correction in August of this year, there was some anxiety down you know, in people's hearts, and then people were getting pretty upset. What's more interesting is he goes on to talk a little about, about real estate. Um, he says, don't pull out of stocks. Like, don't do anything extreme. But he says, the housing market, he said, gains in the housing market may not be sustainable. I'm starting to worry a little bit. It's getting high by historical standards adding that housing is a cause for concern, but it's not quite like the stock market yet in terms of valuations. But the most interesting quote he has is, quote, usually housing has not been a great investment, owner-occupied housing, unless it gives you pleasure. I think people tend to overestimate the investment of value of housing, especially at a time like this when home prices are already high. There's some truth to that. Historically, um, real estate beats bonds, and historically bonds beat real estate. So historically, stocks beat bonds, and historically, bonds beat real estate. But there's periods of time where it doesn't. And, you know, take your hats off to it. Low cost of money has done more for housing, but it's also done a lot for the stock market, and it's also done a lot for the economy. Um, Cheap borrowing, it's nice. Cheap borrowing, you can take a lot more risk. Um, And an example of that would be, you know, if I decide to go start an app company, um, if I'm borrowing money at 1%, 2% from the banks, I don't really have to hit a home run with the app. But if I'm borrowing money at 5 or 6%, suddenly it better be a, an 8% profit grower, which is kind of what you're looking for, right? Um, yeah, it, on the business, that's the, you know, the business angle as far as the home ownership angle. Uh, as interest rates have dropped, it's given a lot of people opportunities to refinance and equities have gone up so that scenario for the lender looks better so the rates are a little bit lower. And, and it frees up a lot of cash for people. Um, one one day your your mortgage is two thousand, next day it's eighteen hundred. So you're saving a couple hundred dollars a month, and, you, and that's getting diffused into the economy. Um, it's almost cheaper right now to to own than it is to rent. Uh, rents are continually rising. Meanwhile, you can buy a thirty year fixed mortgage at that low interest rate. I think the current thirty year fixed right now is three point eight six percent, according to Freddie Mac. Uh, of course, it depends on where you look, and that's a pretty darn good looking rate. That you can lock in for 30 years. Yeah, and it fights inflation. You get a, a tax deduction on the interest. You get you're putting principal into your house every month, um, and you get to write off your taxes. There's so many benefits to owning a house that people are looking at the stock market and saying, you know what, 
you know, maybe Schiller's right. Uh, we could see another correction. Let's go put it into real estate. It's the same thing we're seeing with the global uh, instabilities right now across the, the world. Um, and one of the reasons we're seeing a lot of cash offers here in the Bay Area in places like New York, even Seattle, Portland, um, L.A., where people are just coming. We have so many foreign buyers right now bringing cash in and buying these what they call safe haven housing. Um, it, it's and it's it's kind of self-sustaining. It's uh, where it's pushing home prices up even further in some of these areas. So rents. Let's talk about that. The person who rents right now who wants to own. I think one of the best things of owning your own home is you're paying yourself rent. And that kind of works out. But don't leave all the money stuck in your house. Don't be too house rich. So a lot of people in uh, the last 30 years in California had their house paid off. And they've been sitting with it paid off. And stock market's up two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred percent in that time. And uh, it's unfortunate that people sometimes will just sock the money into the, the mortgage and let it sit there. But Yeah, and, and, and when you rent... And you're watching rents go up nationally, three, I think 3.8% uh, over the last 12 months. Places like the Bay Area, I mean, Oakland saw 14%. San Francisco saw 12%. San Jose, I think, was 13 or 14% uh, year, year over year. Um, and you combine that over 10 years, and that's a significant amount of, of rents. And, and you used to have that saying, Rob, where people would say, oh, I'm renting, but I'm saving money. And, and that's kind of going away in a lot of places like the Bay Area. And, oh, sure. And, where people are no longer saving as much money, and it's really hurting the ability for them to buy. It, it, um, you know, there was a survey that was done about what are the main concerns about people uh, looking to buy a house, and it's 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 not as much as the rates going up or down. It's their ability to access credit and save money. Those are the two top concerns, and it's going to continue like that uh, as these rents continue going up. This, there was a survey that was done not too long ago where they project that. Uh, in the next 10 years, if rents stay the same pace at, at 2% a year and wages stay at 2% a year growth, that over 25% over 25% more people will be paying over 50% of their more, their wages towards rents. And that, I think it adds up to like 14 million people in the United States that will be paying over 50% of their, their wages towards rents. It's crazy. Yeah, you have to... Um Again, you want to be somewhere between 28 and 31 percent of your income going to your your housing, and you know in San Francisco that's not possible. And sometimes people are paying 50, 60 percent, and they're living in a closet. Yeah, I think the Bay Area average is right around like 40 to 44. I know San Francisco is somewhere like 46. And then uh, factor in like taxes. You know that 46 becomes 56 percent of your paycheck, and then state tax income taxes and state taxes at 66 percent, then federal taxes. 86%. So you're living off 14% or less, like just after taxes and housing. That's not doable. Or and it's not sustainable. Unless your company feeds you and you know, does other things that you can take advantage of to cut costs elsewhere. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at robblack.com. You can find Tony, Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
So, one of the things I said in the last segment, I was quoting Robert Schiller, that Howard hasn't really been that great of an investment. And it's cute. Um, but there's a lot of cost involved with housing, owning a house too. Um, pay a lot of taxes. You have to fix things. My water heater lost water pressure. I can do a lot of things. I don't know how to fix water heaters. Um, but it turns out it lost water pressure because the hot water hose had a corroded part in it. I probably could have figured that out, but it's not my thing. So that was a big cost. Um, it wasn't that big of a cost. It was just a plumber, but that's one of the downsides. You have to have an emergency buddy. You have to have like access to capital if you're going to own a house. You can't just say, eh, okay. So anyway, um, yeah, so Robert Schiller, you know, made that commentary where he said, usually housing hasn't been a great investment, owner-occupied housing, unless it gives you pleasure. I think people tend to overestimate the investment value of housing. And then I, I extrapolated out, like, if you live in the Bay Area and you have your house paid for, and it's, it's paid for, it's free and clear, you're actually losing money um, because that, those dollars are losing purchasing power. And yes, you have the safety of it's paid for, but it's losing purchasing power. So... And it'll continue to lose purchasing power. So I don't like the house-rich, cash-poor people. I like the cash-rich and service that debt. So my mom still had a mortgage when we put her in the home. Um, low cost of money. So that's not a bad thing. No, it's not making any money either. I mean, so you're you're not fighting inflation. Um, that's what a lot of people in the Bay Area have taken money out and bought investment properties elsewhere because they think that that's the way to do it. So I... Um, that's why I, I, I it just, you know, my stomach turns when I hear these commercials about people pumping, hey, you have equity in your house, sell, you know, take out a mortgage and buy a property free and clear somewhere else and get a return. Um, yeah, you get some interest deductions here, you get some tax deductions over there, and you get then you start paying income tax on the rents and and does it really add up? What's your rate of return on the investment? Um, I think you really have to think these things through. And now that home prices are up, yes, it's a low cost of money right now. Um, I just hope that people are a little smarter about what they're doing because that's the kind of trap that a lot of people got into back in 2000, early 2000s leading up to the, the crisis. Uh, in fact, I, I, I think it was probably six out of ten people, 60% of the people I ran into, Rob, had some sort of property in either Phoenix or Las Vegas that, that was losing money. I still run across these people that are wondering what to do and should they dump the property. Housing in Las Vegas is never going to get back to where it was, even though the it's becoming a very good rental area. Yeah. Um, it's still not going to get back up to where it was. And if you're not positive on it, you're just, you know, draining money. That's all you're doing. It's interesting because both the cities that you mentioned were very popular during 2003, 4, 5. Um, very popular because people couldn't afford it in the Bay Area, so they would go out and they'd get a $200,000 property in Phoenix or $200,000 property in, in uh, Reno or Vegas. Um, bad idea, real bad idea, because in case you haven't looked at those areas, they're surrounded with deserts, and there's nothing but land. And the cute thing about where I live and where you live is there's a lot of people on top of each other. There's no land to give away. There's there's the land that you have. Oh, I think that's it's worth part, it's worth a lot more than the building. Those cities and many more across the United States were perfect examples of um, timing. And there's always a winner and there's always a loser. Um, the winners in those cities were the realtors and the people who sold at the right time, and, and then the buyers that came in and bought at the lows. Um, these are some of the people who have gotten 
mortgages at not only at a lower price, but at lower rates, and now the rents are going up. So some, there's some people probably feel pretty good about their investments now if they've bought in the last four four years maybe, but any any time before that, maybe not so good. 800-516-1220, or you can email me, rob at robblack.com. Uh, if you need a referral to a real estate agent, contact me or Tony. You can contact Tony, Tony at bayarealonesource.com, uh, Tony at bayarealonesource.com. Let's talk a little bit about a concept that you brought up of international investing, where money's flowing in from international markets. And, um, you know, people in China, they created a lot of wealth, but they're afraid to keep their money in China. So they buy in the United States because our government doesn't have a history of taking things away from people. Yeah, so a little bit of global instability is pushing. It, it always puts the flow of money into the safe haven. It could be U.S. bonds and treasuries. It could be the stock market. It could be real estate. Uh, we saw a 5.4% tick in the upwards tick in uh, U.S. home sales. Um, uh, if, and it was, it's just, this is just for the first eight months of the year, so compared to last year. So we're seeing some of these cities across the United States, especially places like uh, a lot of cities on the West Coast, Portland, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, L.A., and then even New York, uh, Washington, D.C., they're struggling a little bit. Uh, Miami, Chicago, places like this are doing, uh, seeing a, a jump in cash sales. Uh, the, the vice president of Realty Track, he did a, um, a survey about this, and he came out and said that there's, it's evident that there's, the instability has fueled more demand for U.S. real estate. Um, what it comes down to is that I think we're just going to continue seeing cash sales. Cash sales jumped 1% last month after hitting a seven-year low in, in July. So we're starting to see a little bit more of that activity. We're still about 23 24%, Rob, of every transaction in the United States is a cash sale, including places like the Bay Area, which runs about 23 24%. So it's still a big presence. It's pretty significant, isn't it? Uh, we did a transaction. I have, I'm working with a buyer right now. He's trying to. He's got his house sold, trying to find another house, found the perfect house, was bought out, uh, a bit outbid by a cash offer of $1.4 million. How do you beat that? It's, let's, it's, let's say, let's say there's a couple ways. A couple wants a new home. Well, not a new home. A couple wants a home. And they've been trying for six months, nine months. They put in a couple bids, and they keep getting outbid. And sometimes by all cash offers. Uh, I would start with working with a very good realtor, somebody who knows the community that you're buying in very well. That means they also know the other realtors, which means that they could be a trusted realtor with that other ref- the, the selling agent. And that becomes a situation where you, you may say, you know, we're offering a little bit more than that cash offer. I have solid buyers. Let's get it done. They, you know, and then it could be a motivation letter. So that would be the first thing that I did. The second thing, I would get extremely well approved, get a good pre-approval letter, even maybe go beyond that and get a to-be-determined approval, which is actually a submitted approval, a submitted loan. You get approved. All you have to do is fill in an address. Things go faster. You have to do th- – the other thing is no contingencies at all. No loan, no appraisal, no inspection, nothing. Short escrows, add it all up, and you you increase your chances of getting that offer accepted. But, uh, you know, with a 10-day close on a cash offer, sellers are just, you know, waiting for those offers. Um, If I was a seller, I'd be looking for a cash offer. But I wouldn't be – I'd also be looking for the best price or the best offer. It's interesting because I'm kind of emotional. Where if I were to sell my family home, I would want a family to move into it. Um, and I may make a mistake because I'm emotional. I'm not looking. I don't have to maximize every buck. I don't. 
Well, what if what if you are emotional about it, but you also have another job offer and you need to move as soon as possible, and that cash offer offers, offers you an opportunity to move a little quicker? Yeah, I see why people do I it. think that's one of the big motivations there. This is me, Rob Black, Rob Black and Your Money. Your email, contact Tony, Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can also go to the website, too. Find me online at RobBlack.com. It's the Friday Ice Report. Your San Jose Barracuda Hockey Updates. Let's talk hockey. Good day to talk hockey. San Jose Barracuda coming to town. Excited to get a minor league team, an AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Joining me now, Joe Well, the San Jose Barracuda General Manager and the San Jose Sharks Assistant General Manager. How are you doing, Joe? Doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me on, and we're very excited to have you guys as partners. I'm personally excited. Um, coming to a game is going to be a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of the AHL style of play. It's a little, it's faster because the kids are younger. It's it's, it's more hitting. It's more intensity. Um, I like the NHL, but I like the AHL as well. Let's talk about training camp. You are an assistant general manager, or you are the general manager of the San Jose Barracuda. You're watching these players. You've got your eyeballs on a lot of young talent right now. Um, tell us how training camp's going. Uh, it's going very well. We've been uh, going at it for a couple of weeks here. Uh, there's still 37 players in camp. Uh, it's been uh, very hard to pare it down, which means it's a it's a very good competitive camp, and that's what people see with the American Hockey League is that uh, the differences aren't that great. There, it's just a marginal difference. It's generally players' uh, experience level that's the difference between the AHL and the NHL, and but camp has been extremely competitive. Uh, I think players sense that we have both teams in town, and, and they're kind of uh, going along with the buzz. And the Barracuda training camp officially begins on Monday, and I kind of imagine that there's just a, the Sharks training camp, which has already began. It's just it's a lot of people right now, and they're going to have to make some cuts. Maybe Saturday or Sunday is that the process, and then they'll show up at your camp. Yeah, generally that's how it goes. After every exhibition game. Uh, you know, we we look at uh, what guys have accomplished and and uh, you know who rises to the top and who needs a little bit more seasoning. And so we have the two games this weekend, Friday and Saturday. So in a natural progression, we'll probably sit down and take a look at uh, you know look at everybody probably Saturday night, Sunday, and see what happens. Uh, that's probably our next time. And uh, our AHL camp starts. Uh, we have a meeting on Sunday night. And we're on the ice Monday morning and. By that time, we already have 15 players uh, in a little pre-camp, and by that time, we should have about 25 to start with. Now, the Bear could have got some new facilities at Shark's Ice. Tell us a little bit about where this is and what it looks like. Well, Shark's Ice is a, a four-rink uh, ice complex in, in San Jose. It's the largest uh, U.S. rink that's west of the Mississippi River. It's a, a pretty very nice complex right here in San Jose, about 10 minutes from SAP Center. And uh, Sharks have practiced there for years uh, with the four rinks. We obviously have the ice uh, capacity for the Barracuda, but we needed to build some training facilities. So we built a beautiful new facility attached to our east rink, and uh, it's self-contained. So uh, Barracuda is ready to go with their own facility. I don't know much about the 
AHL team because they were in Worcester before they came to San Jose this year. But you have a head coach, Roy Summer, who's entering his 18th year. Uh, a lot of experience there. Oh, a ton of experience, not just in hockey, but in life. He's, uh, and that's, that's the important part is, is with our development team, we're looking for mentors. And uh, Roy's about as good a mentor as you could get. Uh, uh, very cool thing about Oakland, or with uh, Roy, is he was born in Oakland um, and uh, played his first game in the NHL with uh, with Wayne Gretzky. Uh, and it, it, at that time, nobody came out of California playing pro hockey. And uh, Roy was really a trendsetter there, went to play for the Edmonton Oilers and went on to coach a number of years, uh, been with us for 20 years. And uh, he's in line to break... Uh, record uh that's been around for many many years in the american hockey league the wins record uh he's 20 wins away uh, it's the new york times just did a great article on him on uh on sunday to uh talk about this feat very interesting i didn't know that speaking with joe will the general manager of the san jose barracuda a new addition to the coaching staff and yet a very familiar face for people from san jose evgeny nabokov goaltender coach that's got a lot of people psyched Oh, we're very excited. Uh, when uh, when Nabby retired, we had a, a ceremony here to uh, you know celebrate his career, and uh, it was funny that Doug was up uh, up front talking and said that you know I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know if Nabby at some point uh, was able to help us. Well, we had some staff changes this summer, and uh, and soon enough Nabby was able to to help us. Uh, you know, much like boy. Uh, yeah, he can come in and, and mentor our players. He spent uh, quite a few years in the minors. Uh, and so uh, Navi, along with Mike Ricci and Brian Marchment, uh, you know, work as our, our development coaches and mentoring and uh, uh, helping our players out. I've seen the San Jose Sharks pull a lot of players from their AHL affiliate, Logan Couture, Joe Pavelski, amongst many others. Uh, you do a great job of player development, so congratulations on that. Can we expect more of the same, or are we going to go with more of a, a veteran NHL team and a, a young AHL team? It's kind of a mix. Uh, we Over the past couple of years, we've had a kind of a resurgence in, in drafting. We've acquired some draft picks as we've moved some players out. So uh, last uh, three years, we've, uh, we've drafted quite a few players. We're starting to see that in our system now. So you'll see a number of very, very uh, young players, with Timo Meyer with uh, – uh, Nikolai Goldobin, uh, Julius Bergman, uh, you know, to name a few. Uh, but what we also try and do is surround them with the, the quality type of veterans and mentors that, uh, you know, just teach them the right path. And that would be the, the Brian Lurgs and Michael Haley's, Frazier McLaren's, Carl Stollery's. Uh, so it's it's kind of a mix of both. And uh, and we like to have our veteran players that, that are there also be depth players for the NHL team. So it's kind of multi-purpose at purposed now what kind of hockey what brand of hockey will the barracuda fans see this year what's going to be emphasized well it's going to be very similar to the sharks uh pete DeBoer sets the way that we play throughout the organization and uh it's very important that we play the same way with the barracuda that uh when players get recalled that there's really a seamless transition and uh so the way pete likes to play is just a very aggressive uh, pressure style of hockey. And what I mean by that is, is not sitting back, but going and, and attacking the play, trying to get the puck back, you know, just working hard in all zones. And, uh, 
and that all zones means that you know also very offensive uh, style of hockey, and I know that uh, will really fit with uh, you know the type of team that we have. We have fast skaters, we have uh, skilled players, so we should be able to attack and should be able to uh, create. Sounds good. Thanks for joining me today. It's Joe Will with the San Jose Barracuda. He is the general manager. It's going to be a fun season. You can score tickets at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. Something that I enormously like. Tickets start at $12. Every seat at the SAP Center is lower bowl, so you're not going to be sitting in the nosebleeds. That's pretty darn exciting. You Take your kids, they'll fall in love with the game. I did it when I was a child, and I've loved it ever since. I have not missed a Stanley Cup final. Uh, I've been to a Stanley Cup final. My team lost, but it's okay. Um, it was a little bit of a bitter, bitter disappointment. The team that I follow has never won a Stanley Cup in my life. Um, and I'm 40-plus years old, so that's not good. Uh, with that said, it's a lot like the Giants. And the San Francisco Bay Area had to wait a long time to get a Stanley Cup. It's worth the wait. It's one of those uh, wonderful sufferings. But you can score tickets for the Barracuda at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. Tickets start at $12. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I know you're saying hockey's not financial. Oh, yes, it is. You try taking a family of four to a sporting event. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I've been around the world and never in my wildest dreams would I come running home to you. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I'm what's considered a financial expert. I've been doing this 20 years. I'm a former RIA. Work my butt off in the industry. I work as an analyst. Study this stuff. Get the certifications that I need. I think I can give you pretty good, safe advice. I feel confident doing that. If I ever thought I couldn't, I'd leave. The person I would not get advice from, a mortgage lender or a real estate agent about real estate. They're incentivized to do a transaction with you. You have to be cautious on that. A lot of people in real estate think they're really, really smart because they work in California, which has been really, really good in the right places. Uh, Not all of it. Check out Tracy. Check out Stockton. There's places that have massively underperformed. The real estate has done so well here in the Bay Area, not because of the real estate agents, but because of the jobs. It's a message that goes again and again and again, through and through and through. If you buy near a good university... If you buy near the new Facebook campus, you're probably going to do okay until that university loses its accreditation. It doesn't happen often, or until that business goes out of business. That happens more often than you think. Will Facebook be dominant in 10, 20 years? I doubt it. Um, will it. Does it have the ability to try to stay as fresh as it can for as long as it can? Yes. And they've got a lot of cash. They can buy freshness. But in the end, you can't buy teenagers' loyalty. Teenagers are kind of picky. Uh, most teenagers use Snapchat now. 
uh, as their social media. They're not on Facebook as much. They don't want their mom and dad seeing what they do. They don't want it laying around forever. That's the responsible way of handling the Internet. So be cautious. Um, I heard a commercial the other day where a guy who does loans was pushing financial advice. He's like, hey, you know me. I'm your loan guy. You need a financial person. Let me know. He knows nothing. He knows nothing. I've been offended by some of the products that I hear promoted. Um, because, hey, maybe if I work with this guy, he can help me sell my annuities to you. You don't want annuities. Annuities are bad. Very, 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 very bad. They can take up to 9% of, of a commission and then management fees on top of it. An annuity is an insurance contract. You don't want that. You don't want guarantees when you invest. That's that's because you're investing. Does that not make sense? If, it, if, it, if everything was guaranteed to go up, why not just buy it? Why wouldn't the whole world just buy it? So be cautious on people who say, I know people, because a lot of times the people that they know are giving them kickbacks. I'd be very, very cautious with it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Here's a great example. Oakland suing Wells Fargo right now. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. Tony, right. what do we need to know about Oakland suing Wells Fargo and why? Ultimately, it's it comes down to just being educated about what you're doing on your loan. Um, the, the city is trying to sue Wells Fargo for discriminatory practices, discriminatory practices um, that led to a higher rate of foreclosures and they're looking for, you know, cash back from Wells Fargo to for for the damages. And what type of discrimination are we talking? Color? Yes, uh, the Hispanic and Black community. Or um, how could Wells Fargo do that? Like, well, it's you know, it's part given of, loans that they don't deserve just to it, get a transaction. They probably they they definitely have a dis, uh, anti-discriminatory policy in place. Uh-huh. And it, but it could have been like disparate impact, meaning that. It was something that they didn't intend for it to happen, but it happened anyways, and it was just part of their policy. So, uh, and it happens more often than you think. It's it's just hard to it's hard to catch. Uh, in this case, you know, uh, HUMDA or Home Mortgage Disclosure Act probably helped Oakland with a little bit of the data because when you do an application, one of the parts of the application is you're filling out and. I, I get the question all the time. Why are you asking me this question? Well, I, we, we need to know your ethnicity and some of the other personal information to so that the Humda can monitor this and help you know, cities like Oakland go after you know, a company like Wells Fargo and say, this is the data that we, we've accumulated. Um, then again, there could have been some loan officers that just went out there and said, you know what? We work for Wells Fargo. It doesn't matter. We're going to target these ter- types of loans and... Um, because we get paid more. Uh, there was a, a point in time when I got in the industry where lenders were actively soliciting loan agents and saying, here's how to make the most money as possible, sell this type of loan. And they were usually NEGAM loans or ARMS or uh, interest-only loans that had huge kickbacks in the back. So as a, as a, as a loan officer, you're like, okay, I can give them a 30-year fixed make one point or I can do do this NEGAM loan and make one point in the front and two in the back or more. Uh, so you, you're doubling or tripling your income. So there was an incentive that really wasn't intended to be discriminatory, but it ended up being that way because of the the incentives to the loan officers. So, there, so it depends on so – what it means is you need to shop. 
Um, you need to educate yourself. You need to read what you're going to sign. And you need to read what you're going to sign. That's and like that's the craziest thing that I don't think. And just educate yourself. So I want to shop around, like you know, go from lender to lender, and who has the best rate? All right, maybe you, that's maybe, how you get played. Maybe not shop, but you're right. Get the right advice, but but do do shop in the respect that you want to know if this is the right product for you. Is there a better product? Is there a cheaper product? Um, because if somebody's again, these products are gone. So there's no, there's not a, a, a chance that you're going to get something like this. But but today, for example, if if you do have a decent enough credit score to get an FHA loan, but the guy says, well, I'm going to give you a private loan because he, we can charge you six points instead of the one point with FHA, why would you go with that? Because he's making more money. So there is a chance that could still happen. Yeah. And again, one of the things, if you start calling like three or four lenders, and uh, I learned this in a funny way because. If you start calling three or four lenders, they will know because they're checking your credit and they can see that someone else just checked your credit 10 minutes ago. And well, that's when they're going to – that's when you could potentially get yourself in a situation well, of they, they'll do whatever it is to win your business. Right. But So what I've noticed in, in that respect is that the, that the people who are shopping are not trying to take the shortcuts. And they're saying, well, I don't want you to run my credit, but what can you still give me? And because it's still a transaction that a loan officer can make money from, they're they're also making the shortcuts and saying, oh, you know what? Off the record, we can do this. So now he's, they're taking that information and using that to the next guy and then the next guy, and they're never getting their credit run, when in reality what you really need to do is get your credit run. You need to run a full application and do this. So people are taking shortcuts, and that could eventually hurt them because you never dig into somebody's income. What if they have self-employed income that's negative? against their W-2 income? What if they own a corporation that's writing off a lot of money? That, and what if they don't understand self-employed income where it's not gross income but net income? So if you never get that far through the application, you're hurting yourself. So people are leaning towards that, and loan officers, because transaction volume is down, they're they're still eager to get those transactions. So they're, it, it, it's just another form of, of uh, just the way this industry works uh, and hurting people. It's very difficult to continue keeping up with all of this, and people are just finding the shortcuts. I learned that shopping around sometimes can bite you in the butt from a different lesson. I had a friend who owned um, a Mini, Mini Cooper or something? Mini Cooper. And she took the car to a Mini dealer or a Mini shop, and she got it diagnosed. And she's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, let me think about this. She goes to another Mini shop 20 minutes later to get a second diagnosis. The first shop had already called the second shop. And said she's on her way. I told her it was a clutch. Tell her it's a clutch and send her back to me. Um, and they did. So she felt a little intimidated that she's not allowed to get a second opinion. And sometimes, you know, you get played looking for that second opinion. Be careful. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Taking a look at the markets today. Um, we have an update. Two, two big things that I can think of. Let me see if there's a third that I can think of. Somehow can we bl- blame Pope, the Pope? How does the Pope pay for things on the Internet? Papal PayPal. I'll be here all day. They don't work the first time. They don't work the second time. Um, okay, so the Pope's not to blame for what's happening today. Janet Yellen gave a speech last night. And she said, expect rate hike this year. Expect rate hike this year. And they they do the short-term rates. So are we going back to record lows? Not unless there's a global recession that spills over to the U.S. There's problems all around the world right now. Yes. Yeah, so, so just quickly on that, 
is even if if interest rates go up for the Fed, that's that's nothing to do with the mortgage interest rates for the record. And if there is still turmoil across the the the, the oceans and money does flow in the United States, even though our short term interest rates are going up. Mortgage interest rates could actually go down because if money's flowing into the bond market, yields can go down. So uh, I think that they just want to pull the trigger to get it over with. And to give them ammo if the U.S. economy does slow. Yeah. Um, but right now it's not slowing. It's, it's not hot, but it's not slowing. So um, taking a look at some of the data today. Uh, you have the S&P 500 up 13, the Dow up 180, the NASDAQ up 18. The 10-year Treasury sits at 2.18%. A little earlier, it was higher. That's been a pretty strange move on the 10-year. <clears throat> so, um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You got oil up slightly. Oil's been a big drag on the world. It's it's what's causing the world recession or the world pullback or the world slowing economy. And it's causing other countries to lower their cost of money to try to stimulate you know their economies because... If gold's too cheap, they don't make as much money as they used to. And then budgets that got put in place and the programs that got put in place get pushed out or canceled or stopped. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Find Tony at bayarealonesource.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. John Maynard's resigning. That's got... People on Wall Street feeling good that the government's not going to shut down. Hmm. That's got Wall Street feeling a little better. Pope's in town, snarling traffic. Can you imagine the Pope snarling traffic in New York City and you don't get your iPhone because of it? UPS sent out a note saying, you may not get your iPhone on time. We're going to have delays over the next three days because of traffic. Lovely. iPhone 6S on sale this weekend. You got woken up today to pictures, if you subscribe to any business services, of Apple enthusiasts sleeping outside of a, a store so they could be first in line to get their, their 6S. I'll get the 6S. I'm, I'm pretty imp- impressed with the 6. Um, it's a toy for me. And, you know, I'll give someone my 6 and, you know, pass it on. And it's still a perfectly good phone. So, and I think some people like the S cycles much, much more than the standard cycle. Because the, they put two gigs of RAM in this one versus one gig, and like the fingerprint sensor is way faster. And I know you're saying, how fast do you need a fingerprint sensor? I, I, I don't know, but I want it. So, <laughs> it's probably the only dumb thing I buy at this point in time is mobile phones. And what's even funnier about it is I don't like mobile phones. <laughs> I um I turn off my messenger so that I, I like I I have no sound I have no I don't see the alerts so I actually have to go into messenger to see if I got a text um don't like it <clears throat> Dow jumps triple digits as Nike leaps nine percent 
not too shabby. Dow jumps triple digits. Nike leaps 9%. Hits an all-time high. I'm not going to say I told you so. Maybe I'm going to say I told you so. I've been talking about Nike and Disney um, and other companies for years. There's some blue chips that are, they're blue chips that you can own. Starbucks, I think, is one. Whole Foods isn't. I like that Starbucks has something we're almost addicted to. I like that. The pumpkin spice latte thing that people go crazy over, I think people are a little bit foolish. But it's okay. I'm with you. <clears throat> um, Apple iPhone sales are going to break all records this weekend. That has potential to move the stock on Monday. Volkswagen rigged tests on 2.8 million cars in Germany. This Volkswagen thing's not done yet. If you're thinking about buying, wait till the state's attorneys and the Department of Justice gets involved. Um, again, no one died. <clears throat> they just pollute the air. But they're going to have to pay a lot of money on that recall. And it ain't going to be cheap. So if you bought a car because you thought it was green and good for the – not good for the uh, uh, environment, but not as bad as others – you got to play. 800 to get your calls on the air. Um, one area that it's, we're seeing more and more is medical sticker shock because employers want you to have a higher deductible so they can get a cheaper rate. And a lot of people don't realize that you do, it's not just the deductible. Like there's a lot of costs and there's co-insurance and things like that. So um, insurance doesn't... I honestly think if I can go back in time and, and just insure myself, i.e. set aside money, the amount of money that I've put into insurance versus the amount of money I'll ever take out of it in healthcare, I think I should have self-insured. But I can't go back to age 20 now at this point in time. And I am, you know, I like my my my, my, my butter. So, and I like my, 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 my steaks on occasion. You know, I'm down to eating red meat like maybe twice a month. So... Um, I know, I know, I know. I like to eat things with faces on it. So I know it's politically not correct, but I like it. I think cows are ugly. So I'm going to eat you, you cow. Get in my belly. 800-516-1220. That would have been the perfect time to play Susie Orman. Hmm. You just lost producer of the year. You were going to win it. You just lost it. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hi, Rob. Um, medical sticker shock. So that's one thing that, you know, hurts people financially. There's so many things financially that we have to take, you know, uh, into consideration. And a lot of people will, like, be really good at one. Like, I think I'm really good with credit cards. I get tons of mileage points. I get tons of cash back. Um, but then every year, the day after my birthday, I also, like, check out all my insurance packages. Um, I'm not so good at other things. You know, I, sometimes, like I said, I get, I get a mobile phone. So my spending, I'm not very disciplined on. Um, but money is complex. It ranges from retirement to taxes to investing to credit to debt to saving to spending to home and real estate to cars, college, insurance, business or no business. Um, it, it's stuff that we need to get better at. So I'm not going to do something really dumb and call. Let's get fiscally fit. One, two, one, two. I'm not going to be like we're on a, a fiscally fit boot camp. On your knees and give me 10, 10 credit reports. Um, I don't know why you get on your knees to give credit reports. 
probably that's not a good thought to put in my head. Um, but you do something that I think is pretty useful and pretty helpful, and you helped me. Um, my first mortgage on my house recently was originally like 4.5%. Then rates went down to 3.8%, and you said, okay, refinance. I'm like, but it's only been two years. And because uh, you're going to make money on that refinance, but it was a significant enough drop that over the next 30 years. I made tons of money on you. You, pro- you probably <laughs> did knowing you. How much did you make? I didn't make that much. But you did make I, money. In fact, you, you, got it, you actually got it at the right time because back when we did your loan, yeah. we were able to change what our compensations were, which we did much lower. Now you can't. All of the, all, all of this, the commissions are the same. Yeah. It's good to know you, Tony. Good to know you. Um, Tony's a good, honest, ethical man. He's a good mortgage lender. You can find him, Tony, at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.